Okay. <laughs> Ta-da. You know what we're going to teach about today? How'd you know? Oh, you cheated. Okay. This right here is the zone. Okay? The zone. Okay, there's the zone. All right. Um, imagine you took your kids, your grandkids, your nieces, nephews to the movie. Not like our movie. Ours was an awesome movie, but it was free. And unlike our movie, you go to the regular movie place, you buy something to eat or drink, you got to pay. Here it was free. But imagine you took all your kids, a bunch of kids, to the movie. And the kids are all saying, we want some candy. So you think about this, you know. Movie hasn't started yet, you know. So you run out, you know, and you, you buy some uh, M&Ms. You know, you get enough for all the kids have their own M&Ms. And uh, you asked... Uh, the kids, the movie started, you ask them and say, uh, can I have a couple of M&M's? <laughs> and it doesn't take them long to figure this out. No, they're mine. Can you imagine that happening? Yeah, okay, some of you may have experienced it already, you know. I hear you, you know. But see, one thing is that the children don't really understand they don't really understand something. Well, you know what? I should just kind of help make this picture come a little bit more live. Those are M&M's. You know, everybody doesn't have the same amount of M&Ms. You can see this is a big pile. That's a medium pile. And that's a little pile. Okay. Okay. So, what the kids don't really understand, one of the things is, is that you bought... <laughs> the M&M's in the first place, right? That you did that. They don't understand that. Kids just think they magically appear sometimes, you know, whatever. But you bought the M&M's, and then they don't understand that, they don't understand your strength. You could take those M&M's away if you wanted to, you know, couldn't you? Because you're stronger than they are. And then they don't understand that you could buy hundreds of packages of M&M's and rain M&M's down on them where it'd take them a month to eat them all. They don't understand all this, you see. Now, the truth of it is, we all 
have M&Ms. And uh, we'll just call the M&Ms money and material goods and stuff like that. We all have our own little pile. Some people's pile of M&Ms is bigger than other people's piles of M&Ms. And then there are some who don't have near as much as others, but they're very happy and they're content with their M&Ms. Do you like M&Ms? Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know? So, think about this, you know? Uh, our loving Heavenly Father, He uh, gives us everything we have. The Bible says every good gift that we have, it came from Almighty God, when you think about this, you know? And some of us have a bigger pile. Some of us have a medium pile. Some of us have a little pile. But it all the blessings come from Almighty God in the first place. Now imagine, in the midst of all this, God said, uh, Hey, would you bring me some M&Ms? Just a few. And we respond to God, and we say, No! They're mine! Get your own M&Ms! I don't want to move from that spot because it might get struck by lightning if I did that, you know. Think about this for a moment. And if we take that attitude as God's children, there's something we don't understand, you know. Several things. That God brought those M&Ms to us in the first place. Every good thing we have, it comes from the almighty God. And uh, there's some other things we don't really think about too often is that God has tremendous strength. Uh, he is what we call uh, omnipotent, which means all-powerful. And he could take all those M&Ms away from us if he wanted to. Couldn't he? I'm not sure he really wants to do that, but he could do that and we should understand that. And we should understand that God could rain down so many M&Ms on top of us that we could never eat them or use them in all of our lifetime. He could do that, couldn't he? Absolutely, you know. But what I'm really trying, trying to talk about here today is living in the zone. This is the zone of God's blessings. This is kind of the spout where all God's blessings pour out, you know, living in the zone. Um, and if, if you could only imagine what it looked like from God's perspective as he looks down upon you. I don't know if you can imagine that or not. Can you imagine that? You can? Well, I can too. Well, I'm in God's zone, but there's a lot of people who are on the edge or outside the edge of the zone of God's blessings. Oh, there's a few little blessings that come here to us here and there, you know, but not quite the same as when you're smack dab in the center of the zone of almighty God's blessings. Now, there's something uh, I want to talk to you about is that you know, we have been, each one of us, you, me, we've all been wired to live in the zone of God's blessings. He's wired us that way. You understand wired? You know, I've got a, a truck, and that truck has been wired 
So it can pull a, a, a trailer. It can pull a camp trailer. It can pull a utility trailer. You can put all kinds of stuff on a utility trailer, and it can pull that. It can pull a boat. It can, it can pull a, uh, a log splitter. I've got a log splitter. It's got wheels on it. And if it's a delight when I hook it up, I go take it. Somebody needed to bar I drop it off and let them bar till they get all their wood split and things like that. Now, all this wiring has provided opportunity for me to do all kinds of things. And it is really a benefit to me because my truck is wired to do all that, you know. Anytime I want to, I can hook up to a boat and go fishing or go camping or throw some quads on a trailer and take them somewhere and, and, and rock. I mean, you can just do anything, and wouldn't you consider that a benefit? It is, you know, because if you're not wired to do that, you don't have any brake lights, no lights at all, no turn signals, no nothing. You probably get a ticket, you know, if you tried to do that. You, you probably can't even do it if you didn't have a hitch on there in the first place and all. But something else, I don't know if you... Uh, how you're set up, but our house is wired for electricity. Did you know that? That's awesome. What about yours? Oh, you got electricity too? Oh, okay. I was just checking just to see, you know. But our, our, our house uh, is wired inside and outside. There's a few lights that are on the outside of the house. So if you knock on a door, I can put a light on and see who's out there, you know. It's pretty amazing when you think about it. And our house has been water receptacles all over the place. And I wrote down a little list of, I wouldn't forget the things I was thinking about, but it's wired and you can plug into those receptacles, a stove, you know, it's usually around 220, and you can uh, plug in a microwave and you can plug in a refrigerator and a freezer, radio, computer, cell phones, air conditioner, fans, clocks, vaporizers, coffee pots, toasters, blenders. I mean, and the list could just go on to Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of things. My house is wired for. Is that cool? <clears throat> Many of you have been wired the same way. And, and it's been wired for motion uh, detectors. So if a coyote or a raccoon comes across the yard at night, boom, the light automatically comes on, you know, and shines on them. You know, so we know there's something out there. And when we got our home, it was already wired for a security system. You know, pretty cool. And, you know, so if, if someone uh, was to break in, when they come back out the door, the police are there waiting for them. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, it's wired for that. And it's also wired in case it gets hot on the ceiling there. It's these little uh, things it's wired for. It sends a little note to the fire department, you know, go check that out really quick. It's getting hot in the roof, you know. So it's been wired for that. And it's, it's amazing. It's been wired for a phone, although we got rid of that phone a long time ago, you know. Most everybody uses a cell phone nowadays. But we have been wired to be wireless. <laughs> that kind of sounds like one of them moron things, axiomorons or something or another. You know, is that the way you say it? Um, so we've been wired to be wireless. And our computer, I'm walking around the house and use my computer and use my cell phone. So we've been wired to become wireless. And we are wired for central vac. Now, our vacuum cleaner died a long time ago, you know. Not that I ever used it in the first place, you know. <laughs> but the dirt got vacuumed up somehow, magically, I think it was. Um, anyhow, it doesn't work, but we're still wired for it. Just got to replace the vacuum cleaner one of these days, you know. But we, we've been wired 
in a lot of different ways like this. We've been wired for an electric hot water heater, although we're using gas for, right now, we're wired for it. And we've been wired for an electric fence to go out to our garden. In case a groundhog tries to slip into my garden or my neighbors try to get into my garden. <laughs> Just teasing. Uh, the groundhogs have got zapped a time or two, you know, you know. So I've been wired for that and I'm wired for a generator. So in New England, sometimes electricity has been known to go off. You know what I'm talking about? And then you go up, you crank up the generator. You got this big old cable that goes in and you plug it in and you got all these little buttons. You go, keep the furnace going, uh, keep the refrigerator going. And it's been wired to just run the things that you want it to run. And all that wiring is a benefit to us as it would be to you. Is that correct? Well, let me get back to why I said all that in the first place. We have been wired to live in the zone of God's blessing. That's what we were created for. And God has wired us to live in the zone of his blessings. That's just the way it is, you know. And what a shame it would be if you were wired for all those things that would be a great benefit to you, but you never were connected. What a shame it would be be wired for all that. What a shame it is to be wired to live in the, the zone of God's blessing and never really get there. Never really get connected there. What a shame it would be. Listen to what it says here in uh, Romans chapter 8 verse 31. It says, uh, what can we say about such wonderful things as these? You know. God is for us. You, you understand that, right? God is really genuinely for us, and he wants to bless us. That's his desire for us, if we'll just trust him. And it says, what can we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, and he is, who can ever be against us? Now, that question is not the way a lot of people think to answer it. Because there's a lot of people who can be against us. People can be against us. The devil is surely against us. But he, the, nobody can successfully be against us. They'll never succeed in being against us. So it says, what can we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, and he is, who can ever be against us? And you can say, successfully be against us? Nobody. Because God is for us. And then it goes on to say in verse 32... Since God did not spare even his own son, but he gave him up. He didn't even spare his son Jesus, but he gave him up for us all. What percentage is all? 100%. So God gave his son Jesus up for us all. Won't God, who gave us Christ, also give us, what's that next word? What percentage is everything? If God has given us his son Jesus, he died on a cross, shed his blood, rose from the dead. If he's given us his son Jesus, the, and I didn't write this. This is, this is God's word. Won't God, who gave us Christ, also give us everything else? Everything that you need. If he's willing to give us Christ, and he did, to wash our sins away and to forgive us, won't he give us Everything else. You know what we teach children when they can first begin to talk? We teach them how to pray. We teach them about God, you know. God is great. God is good. 
Let us thank him for our food. You know, by his hands we're fed and give us, Lord, our daily bread and, and things like that. And God is great and God is good. He is awesome. He genuinely is. And he wants us to live in his zone of blessings. That's where he gives us everything else. He's given us Christ. And, and when we come into the zone of his blessings, that's where he gives us everything else. It's just the way he does things, you know. And um, there's a lot of folks who are living outside the zone. And there's some people, uh, they're, they're just right on the edge. And if you can imagine that and see that just once again, there's people who are living on the edge of the zone, you know. And they're living on the edge of the zone. And sometimes they spend a wee bit of time in the zone, and then they're out of the zone. They're zoned out, you know. And they come in. There's a few blessings they pick up there. But then they're on the edge, on the fringe again. They're, they're zoned out. They're not zoned in. And there's a lot of people who kind of pop in the zone of God's blessings, and then they pop out through dishonoring him and disobeying him and things. But there's a lot of people who live in the zone for just a little while, and then they're out of the zone again. Think about that and think about how that would affect God. You know, we, we dishonor him when we step outside of his zone of blessings. We disobey him when he has wired us to live in the zone, you know. And we are not as blessable when we're out here. We're not as blessable when we're out here outside of his zone as we are when we're on the inside of his zone, you know. And we toss this word, bless, we toss it around kind of carelessly a lot of times. Lots of times in a given day, the only time you hear it is when somebody sneezes. God bless you. But nowadays, a lot of people are afraid to say God, you know. So they just say, bless you. You know why they say God bless you in the first place, right? Well, they, they say, I've had some medical people tell me that when you sneeze, your heart stops beating. And when they say, God bless you, they hope it starts working again. Now, most people probably don't die of one sneeze, but that's where it kind of originated. God bless you, you know. And nowadays, because people want to be politically correct or, or whatever you call that, they just want to say, bless you. I would rather have God's blessing than just a person's blessing, my own self, you know. What about you? I think that's the, the, really the, the way to go. But let me define for you. Uh, the word blessing. The word blessing means to be on the receiving end of the tangible and intangible favor of God. Now, I got to let y'all know this, and I'm not apologetic about telling you this at all. You know, it's just, it's just the way it is. It's okay if I tell you, right? I'm God's favorite. <laughs> What you laughing about? Come on now. I'm telling you the truth. I'm God's favorite. I really am. I know. I've, I've known it for a long time. And I'm, I'm God's favorite. You want me to tell you which one of my kids is my favorite? Some people was really upset when I told them last night. They don't think I should do that. But I'll tell you, I've got four kids. You know which one's my favorite? All of them. And I'm going to tell you which of God's kids is his favorite. All of you. Of course, when I introduce myself, I'm not going to tell them that you're his favorite. I'm going to say, I'm God's favorite, you know. 
We're all his favorite. He's crazy about us. He loves us, and we are his favorite. That's why he gave his son, and his son gave his life, you know. And uh, are you, as being favored by the almighty God, are you in your best position? Are you in the best position to receive his favor? Are you in the best position to receive the blessings of almighty God? Are you living on the outside, you know? Of the zone, just on the edge, on the fringe, or are you living right in the middle of God's zone? Think about that for just a moment. See, God is God is what? He is the blesser. Now, Susan corrected this for me. I spelled it B L E S S O R. Bless or sounds better, you know. And she corrected me, said if I spelled it this way. But either way, God is the blesser, and we'll find that a reality when we're living in the zone that God is the blesser. Every good thing that you and I have, it comes from the Almighty God. That's just the way it is, you know. And uh if you have a Bill Gates size pile of, of M&Ms, or if you just have a, a normal size of M&Ms, or you only have a few, all of them came from Almighty God. He is the blesser. And when it comes uh, personally to your, uh, your personality, your creativity, and all the other things that comes your way, wisdom and smiles and athletic abilities and on and on and on and on and on, God blesses you with that. You didn't originate that your own self. So God, he truly is the blesser. And you and I are the blessed. We're the blessed. You and I are, can you all see that? You're blessed. We are blessed. And we really discover that the most when we're living in the zone of his blessing. He blesses us, you know, and we're most blessed when we understand the forgiveness that he offers to us and when we understand a new life that he has made for us and when we understand the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. We are blessed beyond anything that you could ever possibly imagine, you know, and because we are so blessed, God wants us to be a blessing because he pours all of his blessings out on us here. Let me see here something. Yeah. Okay. So what we've, we do here, there's the blesser. We are the blessed. And then he wants you and I to receive all the blessings and then reflect them back. Receive the blessings and reflect them back. Receive the blessings and then reflect them back. And some of the ways that we reflect the blessings back to God, when we receive them, we say, thank you. We tell God, thank you. And we, we praise him and we worship him. And then one of the ways that we reflect those things back is, is uh, we reflect those blessings to other people. 
little lady is walking across the parking lot from the grocery store, drops her bag of groceries, and you go up there and you become a blessing to her and you help, them pick them, help her pick them up and you get her a new bag to put all of her groceries in and things like that. You know what I'm talking about. And there's another thing, and uh, it has been so many years, some of you have never even heard me probably use the word, but one of the ways we f- reflect back to God is we reflect back a portion of what he's given us. We'll, we'll give him a tithe. We'll reflect back his, uh, the blessings he's given us and reflect back just a small portion of what he has given unto us. You know, receive, reflect, receive, reflect, receive, reflect. We reflect to God. We reflect to others around us because now we're becoming more and more like our Father God. We are receiving but we're becoming a blesser also and, and uh, distributing blessings to the people who come into our sphere of influence. And, and this is a, an amazing thing. But this is all about living here in uh, the zone. Um, so what happens if you don't reflect? If, if you only receive and you only receive and you only receive but you never reflect, what happens to us? Have you ever heard of the Dead Sea? The Dead Sea, I think, is about the lowest place on the planet. And all the water, all the rain runs from the mountains all around there. And it comes down, it comes down, and it washes salt and washes minerals. And they all go into the Dead Sea. But there is no exit from the Dead Sea. None at all. The only way water leaves from the Dead Sea is through evaporation. You know. And uh, so the water is getting saltier and more mineral field all the time you can't even really swim in the dead sea you can float in it because you can't sink because it's got so much salt it makes you so buoyant you can't really go under the water that's there but they call it a dead sea because there's no reflection there's no nothing going out it's only receiving 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 and there's nothing that goes out the other side so uh, you know the way we start this whole process of moving into the zone of God's blessing is that, you know, we receive the supernatural favor of Almighty God by receiving the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what it says in John 1. It says, but to all who blessed him and accepted. Who, what? Oh, you was paying attention after all. Man. But to all who believed him, do you believe in him? To all who believed him and accepted, and that word accept means received him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. And see, we receive, you know, as we do receive the the Lord Jesus Christ, he, he brings about a transformation, and he saturates our life, you know, with his blessings and all. And, and uh, as we receive Jesus, we can move into the zone of his blessings. You'll never, you may cross it a few times, but you'll never live in the fullness of the zone of God's blessings until you let Jesus Christ come into your life. It's very important. And then as we reflect the nature and the character of our Father, it changes things, you know? And once we really get this, 
you know, in our hearts and our minds, we begin to realize that we're just, uh, you remember what I told her last week? Under what? New management. Under new management. But then we begin to recognize, you know, that we are just managers and we don't own anything in reality. We really don't own it. We, we just manage God's stuff that he has allowed us to, to utilize while we're here. We just manage it for a while. Now, have you ever been, have you recently in the past year been to a funeral? Let me tell you, if that's where we realize that we only manage God's stuff for a, a season, for a while. And I've got a lot of, lot more than you can imagine, friends who are already in heaven. And I've been to f- so many funerals, and to be honest with you, and, and they're going on to a fantastic, wonderful, awesome place. But they don't need the stuff they had here. They understand now, we understand if we just manage it for a while, and then we move on, you know. Just something fantastic better when we've accepted Christ as our Savior. This is what it says here in Genesis chapter uh, 1 verse 28. It says, God blessed them and told them, multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. We're talking about management, not ownership. You know, God owns, God owns all the Skittles and we just manage them and we can enjoy them while we're here. But God blessed him and he told them multiply. This is the very first chapter in the Bible. God blessed him and told them multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. That means to cultivate it, you know, control it, to manage it. And then he says, be masters over the fish. And that's what I'm talking about. Being masters. Fishing season is getting ready to open up pretty soon, you know. And I'm going to manage them where I put them in my freezer. You know what I'm saying? And things like that. That's okay to do that, right? I'm just not supposed to talk about it, right? I I can talk about that? Okay, I got the green light to talk about? Okay, let's go on then. Be masters over the fish. He's talking about rule over them and manage them and the birds. And you know, I got wild turkeys on my mountain. And I have some of them in there to keep the fish company so they didn't feel lonely. And we invite them to our Thanksgiving dinner. Oftentimes, you know. It really works out pretty good. So he says, God bless him and told them, multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Talking about cultivating it and, and, and uh, managing it and all. He says, be masters over the fish. Talking about managing them and the birds and the animals. And I didn't want the turkeys to think that they was really that lonely because they're just in there with fish. So we actually have some deer that we put in there with the turkeys to keep them company. And the Bible talks about where to manage, subdue the earth, understand what makes it tick. Okay, so now, if we were able to see from God's perspective, and we could see from the God cam, we would learn that there's a whole lot of people not living in the zone, but they're living in... Ing. They live in the land of Ing. So if you're not living in the the zone of God's blessing, what we're doing, we're living in the land of earning, coveting, stealing, lusting, working, owning, spending, 
housing, clothing, all the, there's hundreds of ing things that people live in the land of ing. We don't have enough time to talk about all the ings that are there. And it's so much better to live in the zone of God's blessing. And he is the blesser and we're the blessed. And he wants us to become a blessing where we'll reflect the blessings back to him and back to other people. You know, he doesn't want us to live in the land of ing. He wants to, us to live in the, the zone. God, in reality, he wants to bless our ing. He wants to bless our ing to where we're changed and we're transformed. God wants to put his super on our natural. Are you okay to have supernatural things going on in your life? Pretty cool. You know, when God does supernatural things, it's natural, but it comes in a super way, unexpected. Like, that's amazing. And we want his super on our natural. We want his bless on our ing. To put it in right perspective, you see, and to live in his own. Although there's a lot of people who just live in the land of ing, you know. So how do we move from the land of ing into the zone of God's blessing? When there's so many people who are living out there on the edge of God's zone. So it really goes back to the M&Ms. Now, let me share with you a topic I rarely ever talk about around here, but my mama, when I was 10 years old, my mama sat me down at the kitchen table and I just did a few little odd jobs here and there. And my mama said, let me t tell you something about the Bible says when he talks about tithing. Now, I didn't understand what it was, but my mama, she said, I want you to be blessed all the days of your life. And her mama and dad had taught her this principle and said, you know what? You're working now, you get a little odd jobs, and I want you to always learn that 10% that we give unto God, it is not a gift. It's not a gift. Uh, we owe God 10%. God says so. He always gives us more. He gives us 10% more than what we should have because he wants us to partner with him. So my mama told me, she said, you always do this. You always give God his 10%. And then if you want to give an offering somewhere, like you do in a Sunday school class or for some missionary somewhere, you, you do that. But she taught me at 10 years old because she wanted me to have almighty God's blessings on my life. You know, so listen to what it says here in First Timothy. It says, uh, oh, well, let me ask you a question. Is money in its own? Is it evil? You're right. It is not. It says here in First Timothy 6.10, it says, for the love of money, loving it, clinging to it, craving it, lusting for it. For the love of money is at the root of all kinds of evil. While some people craving, that's out there in the land of Eng, just craving it. Just got to get more and more and more. I just want to save more and more and more pictures of dead presidents and put them in my closet, you know. Just save more and more and cling to them all. And I let my kids... Spend them later on, you know. But he says, for the love of money is at the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the faith. They've wandered from the zone of God's blessings. And it says, and they've pierced themselves. They've done it. They've pierced themselves with what? I don't know if you understand this or not. 
But what he's talking about, that they have, can you understand that? That's not a pretty picture. He says here, y'all carry dimes, don't you? I would hope so. All right. Anyhow, he says, and they pierce themselves through uh, because they love it. They crave it. They, they cling to it. And because of that, they have wandered from the faith and they pierce themselves through with many sorrows. Now, we don't have time to talk all about it now. Maybe another time. The Bible is very clear. talks a lot about money management. It talks about, you know, uh, saving money. It talks about really how to get out of debt and how to be free and, and, and be more blessed than you are even now. The Bible talks about all this kinds of stuff. It tells us uh, what's the difference between ownership and managing something and all. And there's a book, uh, I don't know if you've ever read it, it's by Stephen Covey, and it's a book that's called First Things First. And we would think that Stephen Covey came up with that concept, but he did not come up with the concept, although he wrote a book about it. He stole the concept from God, okay? That's the truth of it, first things first, you know? And God wants us to keep first things first. And he says here in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, and he will give you, what's that next word? What percentage of that? He will give you all you need from day to day if you'll live for him. Live in the zone of God's blessing. He'll give you all you need from day to day if you'll live for him and make the kingdom of God your primary, number one concern is what he's telling us here. And you remember Adam and Eve, they messed up by not honoring and, and keeping the priorities right. See, God wanted Adam and Eve to enjoy everything in the garden. Everything was, was the zone of his blessing except one thing. And he said, I want you to enjoy everything. Just enjoy it all. There's just one little tree. There's thousands of trees in the garden. There's one little tree over here. It's a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I don't want you to eat off of that one, okay? That's, that's mine, and I don't want you to mess with that tree at all. And they messed up because they dishonored Almighty God, and they started messing around with the tree and eating the fruit. And therefore, what happened? They were pushed out of the zone of God's blessings. You remember that? And we came back in when we really received Christ into our lives. That's really the way, the way it went. And then uh, Exodus chapter 23, verse 19, it says, Bring the leftovers of your soil. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Where's my glasses at? Okay, they're still there. Bring the best of what? Of the first fruits, and the first fruits that he talks about is always the tithe. It's off of the top. It's not, well, if I have anything left over, God. He says, I want you to bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord, your God. That's what he's talking about here. And then this is what he says in Proverbs 3. He says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the leftovers of everything Oh, it's that best part again. And you know what other translations it, it will use? It'll say the first fruits. It says, honor the Lord, honor him, obey him and honor him with your wealth and with the best part of everything. What percentage is everything? 100%. 
Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything your land produces. Everything that's considered a profit, a benefit to you. And then he says, and I really like when he says, and then. He says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything your land produces. And back in them days, they, they didn't all, often get paid with, with dollars and cents. They traded in their, their, their goods. They bartered, you know, and all. And it says here in verse 10, and then, then, when you honor the Lord with your wealth and the best part of everything your land produces, then he, almighty God, will fill your barns with grain. You'll produce more crops than you ever imagined would come from that little acre of land there. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with the finest wine. And here, uh, this is not giving. When it says here, honor the Lord with your wealth and the best part of her, that has nothing to do with giving if to God. That he's talking about the first fruits. It was again, God, he always gives us 10% more than we actually have coming to us. Like when you go into a grocery store and you buy, you know, some items that cost you nine bucks and you give the uh, cashier a $10 bill and you're just waiting and waiting and waiting. And wait. What are you waiting for? Change, a dollar. And she goes, uh, oh, oh, I'm going to give you this. Is that really a gift? Should she wrap it up and put a bow on it? It's not a gift. It's yours. And everything that God gives us, because he wants us to partner with him. And let me tell you, the best is yet to come. He wants us to partner with him, and there's a way to find out if he's telling the truth or he's telling a lie. He wants to, us to partner with him. So we're not really giving him anything, but he's talking about honor him to bring the Lord, you know, our wealth. Honor him with our wealth and with the best part of everything your land produces. You know, that's what he's talking about right here. Now, I need, uh, I need something, and I don't know if I can get something or not, especially after talking about this, but... I really could use, I really could, if you'd be willing to give me one, a $100 bill. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> yes. That was pretty easy. I, may, I might should try that again. <laughs> and he walks away. That's amazing. That was awful quick. Do you know why he was so quick to give that away? It's mine. <laughs> I gave it to him earlier. And it's really easier to give stuff away when it's not yours. And we're going to take an offering right now. And it's going to be the best offering you have ever given. And all I want you to do is reach into your neighbor's pocket, grab their billfold, and give like you always wanted to. There's no limit. Write whatever you want in the checkbook. million dollars. That's okay. It's really easy to give if it ain't yours. Is that true? Yes. It really is true. It really is. But sometimes we live in the land of being and we're clinging and we think it's ours. We think all the Skittles is, is, is mine. Get away from them. It's like, no, it's God's. And whatever God wants, God gets because he's got so much more. He really does. And uh, what I would like to do right now, I'd like to trade my $100 bill to the first person up here with a $10 bill. You better run. You better run. Oh. Oh. I said the first person. Really? Oh. Yeah, he printed that this morning. You know. No, I'm teasing. That's, that's the real deal. Is it? 
is this a good deal? Yeah. Pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing, right? I want my 10%. But I think, give him a hand for helping me out here. Uh, did he actually help me or not? I'm trying to think here. Because see, the truth of it is, when you think about it, God could require 90% from us, couldn't he? Taxes is a lot more than 10%, isn't it? When you think about it, and I'm thinking about it on the way to church this morning, I'm driving on paved roads, and I drove by a couple of parks, city parks, and I really like state parks and things like that. And when I go by any of those places and enjoy any of those things, I, that's my park. That's my road because it was my tax dollars that paid for it. Is that true? Yeah. The, it wasn't the government. It ain't like they paid for it all, was it? It was you and me working together, and it's like, that's what I owe them, and I, I got great benefit by that. We got to understand one of the most important things in the whole wide world to God is his church. You think about it. Faith Living Church this coming October is experiencing its 40th year of being here. And that's because many of you have been tithing since the very beginning. And you've, you know, paid for the lights to be on. And you paid for the staff to be here. And for us to not have to charge people for a movie or VBA. And all the crazy things that we have done around here. It's because there's many women who have tithed. God never intended for a church to function off of a tag sale or a bake sale. And you think about it, God wanted men and women in this area and throughout New England here, he wanted them to know how about his love and his word. And do you get his word from here? Yeah. Do, do you have fellowship with other believers and you pray and all? Sure we do. We all work together. Now one person can do it, and I don't know if there's anybody here who's independently wealthy that could finance the church for the next 40 years or not. It's us working together, and Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell won't propel against it. He has invited us into a partnership, but this is how the, the Lord, God Almighty, intended to advance the good news and discipleship, and, and, off, and that was by men and women of faith, followers of Christ. They give their 10%, but you, you got to understand, you, you may be missing something if we stopped right here. So we can't really stop right here. Let, let me just uh, read one more verse here to you. But, but you got to remember, the 10% that you give God, it's got the octane in it. It's got the power in it. You know, 2%, he'll take it. But it don't have the octane in the power. When we give him his 10%, and it's not really a giving, it is a bringing to him, it's, it's his already. Listen to what it says. This is about the last verse we're going to look at. In Malachi, in Malachi chapter 3, verse 8, it says, Should people cheat God? Question mark. Three of you say no. rest of you say yes. Should people cheat God? Yet you've cheated me, but you ask, oh, What do you mean? When do we ever cheat you? You've cheated me of the tithes, which is a 10% of, off the top, not just the leftovers after you paid everything you needed to pay off. And, oh, I don't have nothing left. He says, you cheated me of the tithes and offerings. And what's the next word? Do. Do. And that's not the stuff that's on the grass in the morning either. The 10%, the tithe that, and offerings that is due to me. And you, you understand what past due means, right? You know. And then he says here, 
He says the word bring. He don't say gift because it has nothing to do with a gift. It is not a gift. It's you waiting at the cash register for your change. And everything God has given you that is a profit to you, he gave, he, he gave you 10% more because he wanted you to partner with him so you would know that you are changing the world. You are bringing men and women, boys and girls into the kingdom. They're hearing the word of God. They're going to free movies. They're having vacation Bible adventures that cost more than you can ever imagine. But you function and you, you know, foot the bill so you can reach hundreds of people for the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and our offering is, you know, making a way for, has made a way for so many kids in Ethiopia and all those other things. But anyhow, let me just, and we're just about done. He says here. In verse 10, he says, bring all. Now, what percentage is all? Bring all the tithe. That's only 10%. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse. In the Old Testament, the storehouse was the temple or it was the tabernacle. In the New Testament, that is the local church. And he says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse. Is what he says right here. And uh, he says, so there will be enough food in my temple. Many translations says, in my house. You know, he says, bring all your tithe into the temple, into the storehouse, so there'll be food in my temple. If you do, if you do, says the Lord half mighty, is there a difference? If you do, says the Lord Almighty, I, this is Almighty God, I will open the windows of heaven for you. And you can find out if this is true or not. You can call God on the carpet. Who said it is? You know it is. How many of you believe it's true? Put your hands back down quick, 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 quick. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, man. Y'all are the most excited group we've had here. <laughs> and then God says, if you do, says the Lord Almighty, I will open the windows of heaven for you and I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Well, you know what that means. Yeah. You know, we stored everything we got. We ain't got nowhere else. To, why don't we just give some more stuff away? Because we don't have room for it. You become very generous. And he says, I'll pour out a blessing so great, you won't have enough room to take it in. And then this is the only place in the Bible where it says this. And you can find out about the reality of God. Try it! Exclamation mark. Try it! God is the one who, try it, let me prove it to you. God said try it. I would never, ever think of going without being a tither myself. I'm a pastor, but I tithe. I would never dream of, of not tithing because God opens the windows of heaven and pours out blessings that we don't have room enough for it. And our weekly challenge. Have you looked at your weekly challenge yet? Let's read it together. This is a guarantee that I'm giving you. I accept the 90-day challenge to partner with God to bring 10% of my income into my local church. This is FLC. But if you're a member of another church, you should tithe to your 
personal local church, not here. Says, I accept the 90-day challenge to partner with God to bring 10% of my income into my local church, FLC, as it states in Malachi 3.10. Knowing that if God does not prove himself by pouring out great blessings in my life, I can receive a return on my tithes. I'm saying, if you'll write your name and address on there, you know, and you choose to start tithing today, next week, whenever it is, and after 90 days, if God has not opened the windows of heaven and poured out blessings that you can identify, you know, that they are the blessings of Almighty God, far more valuable than anything you've given him, if he don't do that, you just come and talk to us. We'll talk to our financial people, and they'll write a check for 100% of your tithe for the last 90 days. Is that a pretty good money-back guarantee? You know why I can afford to say that? I've done it since the beginning of our ministry. Because God says, and, and you are welcome, please, by all means, if, if he don't bless you, you come and see me. But I'll tell you, to this very day, I've never returned to anything. Because people are always coming to me and they're going, Pastor Ron, you would never believe what happened. And I go, oh, yes, I would. Try me. I've heard hundreds of stories where men and women go, this is impossible. This is, I don't understand this. You would just never believe what happened. Have we heard that a few times, dear? Over and over. How many of you have personally experienced God opening the windows of heaven? Just raise your hands. So, you don't, and I'm not pressing you, but I'm teaching you something that I believe in, that I apply to my own life, just like when I was teaching you how to speak life, you know, and how to hear the voice of God and all those things. It's something that benefits you. I want you to understand how to live in the zone, and I want you to, the, the zone of his blessings where he's blessing you so much. There is no pressure. Nobody's going to look down on you if you choose not to do it. You may just forfeit some blessings that are just phenomenal. And I wanted you to tell you about it. A lot of people are very critical. And I've had so many people to tell me, well, Pastor Ron, that's in the Old Testament. Things change. Right? This is the Balakai. That's kind of close to the end of the Old Testament too, isn't it? Let me just look at one more verse and then I'm done. Malachi, what chapter were we reading? Three. Three. Let's go back to Matthew, uh, Malachi 3, verse 6. That's right before verse 8, 9, and 10. Malachi 3, verse 6 says, I am the Lord, and I do not change. Now, you'll see it from the Old Testament throughout the New Testament. But what I want to tell you, if you have any questions about how this works or what this is or how that is or this another or what the Bible says about that, write your questions down, put them in a tithe box, and I'll answer them. I got something really spectacular. This living in the zone is only a little bit about tithing. There are so many other blessings living in the zone of his blessings that have nothing to do with dollars and cents. And we want to learn everything we can about it. But here's an area, if you don't understand, you got questions, honest to goodness questions, write them on a piece of paper, drop them in the tithe box, and I'll take that. And if you want to enter into this 90-day uh, challenge, fill this out, put it on there, and we will document that. And we will honor it 100%. And uh, 
if that's what you want to do. If you don't want to, if you don't take it home, pray about it for a week or so, by all means, do so. There is no pressure on you. I am telling you, though, there is someone who is offering us the best, absolute best investment partnership that you could ever have. And if you want to get involved with it, you're welcome to do so. It looks like I got the short end of the stick here. I had a $100 bill. Now I only got 10 But I have not got the short end of the stick. Not at all. God has enabled me to teach a biblical principle that got her attention. Did it not? He does. Wow, thank you. That's good. That's a secret between us. She, and the Bible is right. God loves a cheerful giver. He genuinely does. And I, I give it cheerfully, didn't I? I'm still smiling. You know? And you're smiling too. Okay. And, and so are you. Yes. You got to hold $100 for a few moments, you know. Thank you. I appreciate that. But let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for these men and women and a special thanks for all those who have been tithers for so many years and have allowed your church to blossom and grow here in Plantsville and reach out to so many other parts of our planet. Thank you, Father, for those and bless them especially. And bless all the men and women, Father, who are here today. And Lord, just prove yourself to each and every one. Show them how much you love them. Show them what the the zone of your blessing is really like and how it is so easy to live in the midst of it. Where we love you and we honor you, almighty God. Just open our eyes and our ears to what your will and your purpose is for our lives. Bless the men and women who are here in this building and all those who are watching online. Now I'd like us to keep your eyes closed just for another 60 seconds. I'd ask you to, you know, reaffirm your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And for those who are here for the first time or those watching online, I invite you to ask Jesus into your life to make your declaration of faith in him. So would you pray with me right now? Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. And you've given me your son. And you promised to give me everything else. I believe that Jesus died in my place. And I believe he rose from the dead. And he's knocking at the door of my heart. And open wide that door. And I invite Jesus in as my Savior, my King, and my friend. Change me, Almighty God. May I always live in the center of your zone and use my life to make a difference in this world. In Jesus' name, amen.